0: Joe Yurden from TheAthletic.com, dot right? That's that's the new thing now, right? Joe, the Athletic.
1: Yeah, it sure is the Athletic Buffalo. That's where I'm uh, myself and John Vogel will be covering the Sabres all season, all season, all off season, all all the time.
0: Can you before we get started on hockey stuff? And I really wanted to talk to you today because I really thought uh, the Jeff Skinner deal was a real. Uh, 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 Nut punch for Bruins fans, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, I'm talking like Shinsuke Nakamura low-blow style sort of deal. You know what I mean? That's, that's harsh. Yeah, I I feel kind of like... And people should be a little more wound up about it, but we're too busy watching Red Sox-Yankees, and that's fine. What is The Athletic? How did it start? How did you end up there?
1: Well, I uh, I ended up there... I guess my my story there is a it's a little bit it's a little bit involved. Uh, I'll try to try to do the uh, too long didn't read version of it for you, but um, it's uh, it, it it's a uh, it's like a it, a startup website that started Jesus about two years ago, and uh, it really got its wheels going by getting into hockey. Um, and that seemed to be the uh, you know the inroads because there's a lot of great hockey writers out there and a lot of newspapers and websites weren't really devoting a lot of coverage to it um i think you could probably pick up any of your local papers anywhere and see that you know nhl stories just aren't are the norm there but um it started up here in buffalo just a couple months ago and coincidentally it it started up right after the buffalo news started you know buying people out and laying people off and firing others and cutting down as you know, as newspapers are walking doing. You know, they got off, they, they, they got off the, uh, the ground running by having, uh, having John and, uh, Tim Graham and Matthew Fairburn there to do, uh, to do Bill's coverage along with, you know, Chris Baker doing Sabres prospects. and, uh, the response in Buffalo was so huge that they, they had to add, they felt they had to add to the Sabres coverage and that's when I, that's when I got the call it's something that i've been kind of chasing after him for a bit to say like hey you know let me know when you're starting up i'm ready to ready to jump in and you know negotiations go as they go and uh, uh they, they they had a full-time job to to add and i was the guy they called so i was i was very eager to jump on board it's, it's something that's a little bit different it's not doing game stories it's more getting a little bit more in depth a lot more analytical stuff so it's it's it, it it's a little bit big brain sometimes, but that's okay because I think I think sports fans do have big brains.
0: When you when you're talking analytical stuff like hockey analytics, just as big, starting to become just as big as say football, baseball, basketball analytics. Like is everything is every sport just becoming super data driven nowadays?
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, and hockey hockey's in the spot where baseball was, I think about geez, I'd say about ten years ago. When um, when the, the data driven stuff for baseball was was really coming on the scene, and a lot of the you know a lot of the the traditional baseball fans are just kind of like, what the heck are these numbers? What's going on here? I don't I don't get it. I, you know, give me the batting average give me the RBIs, give me the home runs. That's about it. And you know, the numbers go deeper than that. You can always look at th- look at things in a different way and 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 take it take a look at things. And, and you know, in hockey, there's so many people getting to work on this stuff and, and creating formulas and and coming up with data that really makes sense and a lot of cases it's very it's very straightforward you know sometimes it has funny names but um but it's you know hockey can be tough because it is a team sport and it can be very tough to break down individual players but you know there's a lot of great work that's going on with it and it's awesome um because I've always been somebody who just dove into the box scores and just always looked at this stuff and just tried to find out who is best and um, and hockey's really starting to go along that way it's becoming much more accepted and much more used in front offices that's that's a sign that, that the times have changed and that the, the old way of looking at things is you know it's still good to look at those raw numbers because that gives you a you know it gives you a great idea but sometimes there's a lot more a lot more underneath the underneath the surface when it comes to, to, to figuring out who the good players are you know what their, what their strengths and weaknesses are could you give our listeners an example of what kind of analytics are talking about? Give us an example of one particular piece that they might start to look for. Well, something I did recently was was taking a look at uh, the Sabres hired Steve Smith as an assistant coach. He you know, he was he was in Carolina, and you know he might remember him playing back in the day with the Blackhawks and the Oilers, um, going back in the eighties eighties early nineties, and you know, he, he coached in Edmonton. and He coached in Carolina. Um, one of you know when you're coaching Carolina in the last few years, you've got a lot of you got a lot of defensemen that are you know a lot of people really love, and one of those guys that I said you know could be a sign of things to come for for future Sabres defensemen is, is the work he did with Justin Falk. Where you know Falk was already a very good defenseman, uh, but the work he and Bill Peters with you know Peters' system and, and Smith's coaching, he became much more of a possession guy. So you take a look at the the Corsi numbers and the shot numbers and you know, the situation when those things come up, whether it's five on five or power play. Everybody wants to know what you do at even strength because that's you know, that's when the bulk of the game is being played, but uh, but Balk's numbers improve so much more under under Peters and, and under the tutelage of Smith. I said, Well if he can do this kind of work in Buffalo and do that with Bristoline and Pagoshan and Dallin and eventually Brendan Gooley, so the defensive unit in Buffalo that could get a lot better a lot quicker if, if they if if things play out the same way that they did in Carolina with
0: Smith, talking with Joe Yurden from the Athletic Buffalo. Of course, get the Athletic app. I, there's, they've usually got subscription deals as well. Like there's some, I've read some good things in the Athletic so far uh, from all over the place and in different features on things that I. I would have expected to, uh, about certain players that I wouldn't have expected to care about, but there's a lot of stories in, in a lot of these guys getting to, to where they've gotten to. I feel like you guys are allowed to kind of explore that a little bit more, as opposed to the day to day hustle and bustle grind of of, uh, of chasing the team around.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of the day to day stuff that we're that we're keeping tabs on, and you know, there's a lot of it you can't avoid. Obviously, our, our Bills guys, you know, Matthew and Matthew and Jim Graham. Or uh, you know, and, you know, filing reports every day from from Bill's training camp, and that's you know, there, there's a you know, quarterback competition. Everybody wants to know what Josh Allen's doing. There's that stuff, but but there's always there's always more stories, and that that's something that that's always been in my mind. Is, you know, you hear you know, you talk to guys in the room, you go, man, I didn't know I didn't know about this, and you start digging into it, and you start talking to more people, and you're like, wow, there's a really good story here. Boy, can I do this for for the website that I'm working for? And they say, no, you, you got your nuts and bolts stuff to, to stick to. And it's like, yeah, but there's this story, and you know, sometimes it can be a struggle with wherever you know any writer can be at. But with you know, with the Athletic, if it seems like it's a good idea, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna dig into it and, and search it out and, and write it up and, and do the best job that we can with it. And that's been pretty fun so far to do. It's I, I'm really excited. I can't. I can't wait for, like, training camps to start for the NHL because it's going be to be a lot more of digging in and, and doing that kind of stuff and just kind of expanding, expanding the mind a little bit when it comes to writing
0: about sports. Talking with Joe Yurden from The Athletic and The Athletic Buffalo. All right, so this Jeff Skinner deal, what does this do for the Sabres? What, does this get them, does this help them get to the playoffs? Does it get them closer? What, what do you think is a is a natural step up for them this year?
1: Well, when you when you go from, what, 62 points last year, whatever it was, you know, it was bad. It was the worst in the NHL. Um, there's really nowhere else to go but up. And, you know, they were going to be better no matter what because of having Casey Middlestad all season, having a healthy Jack Eichel, having Rasmus Dahlin, having Carter Hutton goal. Like, these were, these were guys that were going to make them a little bit better anyways. But they had a very defined... Gaping hole on the left side on their top in their top six because they had you know they they traded for Connor Sherry from, from Pittsburgh and you know that's a great pickup that's that's exactly what they need they need a guy with speed guy who can score a little bit and that's good uh, but they didn't have another guy to fit in on that side you know they 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 have plenty of guys that are that are young and prospects and, and do all this other stuff where they they could plug into that spot and win a job out of camp but it didn't really solve any. Immediate needs, you know, and uh, you get a guy like Jeff Skinner, you're getting an immediate need filling player because he's a star player. He scores a ton of even strength. He scores goals, period. And that's exactly the kind of player that they needed. Now, is this going to make him a playoff team? Probably not. But does it put him in the conversation to say, like, hey, maybe if, they, if things break right, they could be right in the hunt for the wild card? Because I don't think they're, they're in the race for the division. The top three spots in the Atlantic, because I think Tampa, Toronto, and Boston are are runaway favorites there. But it puts them in the conversation with some of these other teams for the wild card, and that's that's a a, a huge difference from where I, even you know three weeks ago I thought that they were going to be. Because I figured, well, they're not going to be a playoff team, but how much better can they improve? Well, they're going to improve now. But now it's a question of you know if things break right, maybe they can maybe they can get into that race for the
0: playoffs. I, I'm looking at the Bruins right now kind of the same way I'm looking at the Yankees. Like, you know, I kept waiting for the Yankees to make that trade for a starter that was going to surprise all of us. And I keep waiting for the Bruins to do something. Like, I feel like it's a little bit like that, that whole thing when, when, uh, when Peter Griffin just poked somebody, like, come on, move, do something like do, do anything. And like the Skinner deal to me was the one that really got it. Cause like, to me, being able to get him on this on, on that team helps answer some of the things that Tampa and Toronto did in the offseason. And they were all those are two teams you some would argue that Toronto was was better than Boston and you know, Boston won did the thing, so have you. But with Tampa, like the, there's there was obviously a clear there was obviously a clear gap there. And that gap is has now gotten a, a little wider. So I, I don't they, they really haven't done it, and I, I feel like this is one of those years where at, the year after low expectations, the expectations are higher. So for them to take a step back this year, I really hesitate to call them top three. Right now in the preseason, yeah, I think they're top three. But if they're not going to get any scoring out of any other line other than the top one, I don't think they'll stay top three for long.
1: Well, that top line is is awfully, awfully good. <laughs> that might be oh, they the are. Best top line, I to believe. Um, but look at the rest, I, I'll say this, look at the rest of the division and tell me which, you know, outside of Toronto and Tampa, which team could be better than Boston? Is it, is it Montreal? Uh,
0: no. y- yeah, I would no. say no. I'd say no there. No. <laughs> uh,
1: Florida? Uh, no. 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 Ottawa? No, absolutely not. Buffalo? Probably not. And am I forgetting somebody else? I don't
0: yeah, no, I guess you're right.
1: <laughs> That's bad if I forget, oh, yeah, Detroit, too, right? Right. So, so I mean, to me, I look at it, they're, they're, they're kind of in, in a great spot where, I mean, you can't be complacent ever in the NHL, but they're, they're the probably top three. But if, um, it makes me wonder, in, the, in talking with Skinner and Bottrell and, and in hearing what Don Waddell had to say in Carolina, there wasn't another deal out there for Skinner somehow. And, you know, this deal came up and this is this is the one that got done and I'm looking at it going, Well, Cliff is a nice player. You know, he you know, eventually will be in the NHL I think. I don't know that he'll be a star player. But a, a second round pick and a third a second round pick in twenty nineteen, a third and sixth and twenty, I'm like, That's that's all it takes. That's all it takes for Jeff Skinner and I'm thinking, how did how did a con, you know, a, a closer to contending team not come up with something better than that? How did his pick for out of Chicago, out of Boston not have a deal that's in that ballpark. It makes me wonder if you know everybody's kind of blowing smoke here and saying like, "Well, no, this is the one deal," and you know, every, you know, just kind of covering everybody else's butts. But it, it's been pretty clear that Boston was chasing somebody who could play that could play that top six scoring forward role because you know Nash is gone, and they chased Kovalchuk, but it was pretty clear he was probably going to go to LA no matter what. So then you're looking around, saying, "Well, who do you trade for? Well, is it going to be Max Pacioretty? Well, no, Montreal definitely not going to trade him to Boston. And you know, considering the history there with Boston, I don't know that Pacioretty would want to go to Boston. But um, but you know, you look at Jeff Skinner and you're thinking, "Well, that's the guy you got to go after." And I don't know, I don't know how that deal doesn't come to pass if you know if Boston's involved. I mean, Don Sweeney, uh, I would imagine Don Sweeney would have to have an offer on the table there somehow. But you know, maybe Skinner says no to it and says. No, we're moving on, but I don't know. There's a lot of a, a lot of things that don't check a lot of boxes, and it's worth sniffing around, but I don't think you could got to get anybody to talk about it.
0: That's a... a okay, you talked me off the ledge there a little bit. like So basically, at this point, this is like the Yankees. like They're having a great year, but um, Boston's having just a historically better one, and the rest of the league sucks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, <laughs> that, that's what, that's,
1: it's totally what it is. I mean, you're have... To you have like the Red Sox finish with like 9 wins, you know, runaway win the division. The Boston, you know, the Yankees will be second with like 100, 101. And, you're, and people are going to be like, "Wow, what a bad season for them!" It's like, no, it's not. They, they might have the second best league, uh, record in the league, and that that's just the break. That's just how it goes, and because you know baseball has a kind of a dumb playoff system with the wild, you know, the wild card thing. You know, that's that's a that's a whole other conversation, but real, uh, but. Um, but no, with the Bruins, it's everything else is in place for that team to to be very good this year and to be able to contend. The problem is, is that you gotta win the division. You can't you can't open the playoffs playing one of either Toronto or Tampa in the first round. You just can't you can't go into that because that's like it's like jumping into uh, the lethal lottery and you're you know somebody really good's gonna be bounced in the first round. And again, that's 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 a whole other problem with the NHL playoff system where that kind of thing happens
0: talking with Joe Yurden from ProHockeyTalk.com. Is anyone excited about the Bills up there? Anybody excited about the Bills?
1: Um, no. Even Bills Mafia? Well, Bills Mafia well, is always excited. Well, yeah, they're, okay. They're excited about everything always and forever. Uh, I, I think now that the, the playoff drought has been, has been broken and they got back and you know, they gave Jacksonville uh, a heck of a fight, I think that, that got everybody to just kind of relax a little bit and just say okay now we can now we can watch football and not have to worry not have to worry like is this is going to be another non-playoff year because this is probably going to be another non-playoff year for the bills because uh you know all the attention is on josh allen because he's he's the new savior he's the new quarterback savior and you know i you know there there's that that pick is going to be debated forever because you, you pass on josh rosen to, to move up and pick Josh Allen, it's like, oh, okay, well, that, that guy had better win because if Josh Rosen goes on to him and becomes, like, the super quarterback, people here are going to lose their mind because they're going to, you know, there's a huge debate before, and it's going to be a huge debate that burns on forever. It's kind of like the tank debate with the Sabres. But, um, you know, you get the stuff that's going on with you know, with Shady, and the receiving core is not very good, and the, def- the defense might actually be pretty... Pretty decent this year, but but they're going to have to. The offense is going to have to really try to carry their weight. I'm not not sold that they're going to be able to do that. Whether it's McCarron, Peterman, or eventually Allen, I don't think Allen should even start a game this season if it's not week 17. But um, but they might get into a spot where McCarron's not impressive and Peterman is not good, and they say, well, forget it. We're we're already like two and two and seven, two and eight. Like let's let's just give the kid the shot.
0: The Peterman catalog. I can't. I can't yeah, really. That's all I think of every time I hear Peterman. Like, I just, <laughs> and that and the, the five interception game against San Diego.
1: Five, five picks and a half.
0: Yeah, and a half. Like, Scott Secules didn't even pull that off when he was filling in for Drew Bledsoe in 93. Sound like Manziel's first game in the CFL. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, you're, you're talking about a guy that, I feel like Johnny Manziel didn't have a lot of time with that playbook. I'm thinking. You know? Yeah. I don't
1: he didn't go full Peterman, so that's, that's, that 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 really sets it aside in, in a whole new light. Where you're just like, wow, that that's what happened. And the craziest, people—I mean, people here go nuts about about you know the Tyrod versus Peterman thing. And the craziest part of that was that the Bills were very much firmly in the playoff race and not like already in a playoff spot. And they're like, you know what? We're going to change quarterbacks for this week. And it's like, wait, what? What are you doing? Like, why why would you do that? And then the first half unfolded like that, and I think a lot of Bills fans here were just kind of like, what is this coach doing? What is happening? Why, why, why would you do this? You know, Maybe the plan before was like, we're going to be out of it by the middle of the year. We can start <laughs> Peterman. But they get to week nine, and it's like, oh, no, we're in the playoff race. Uh, let's just stick with the plan. We're going we're to stay with the process. But no, absolutely not. You can't do that then.
0: Joe Yurden from The Athletic. You can find him at theathletic.com, dot com, or you can download the app. Joe, thank you very much for joining me on so, such short notice this morning. I just I couldn't figure out why the Brewers didn't go after Jeff Skinner harder, but whatever. What do I know? I just oh Rick Nash, you think he's retiring? You think he's done? Is that a wrap for him?
1: No, I bet he's going to end up being some contender's deadline acquisition by 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 signing you know halfway through the year, come you know December January. Ah. I uh, I know there's I know there's a cutoff date before. You know, but for signing guys before they're you know they're not playoff eligible, but I think he'll sign sometime before that. He just he just wants to heal up, man. That guy that guy's been through so much, and he's played you know his style of hockey and everything. I, you know, if the guy needs an extra three or four months off to just kind of rest and think about it. That's fine. I would give him that time, but I, I bet somebody signs him before um, you know midway through the season to say, all right, let's get us a Joel, play forty games, get to the playoffs, maybe play another twenty or so that would work.
0: I think that would work out great. So in that situation, one, it kind of sounds like the Roger Clemens, you know, kind of yeah. jumping in halfway. Okay. Which is fine. I think that's actually a great idea. And then and then, two, that also sounds to me like there would be a chance that the Bruins could go back after him if need be, because they may not have any other options left. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be some long-term crazy deal like Ilya Kovalchuk got signed to.
1: Yeah, no, I would. I would bet it would be like a one-year prorated kind of thing, you know. And but the the, the issue though will be you'll be up against you know every other team mm-hmm. that has a, has a defined need for for a score. Now, granted, if, if you know Boston's need stays throughout the entire year, then you know that, that that they might come knocking on Rick Nash's door a lot quicker than maybe some other teams would. But um, but I would say I would I, I would say I, it. To me, it doesn't sound like he's ready to retire. It just sounds like he doesn't want to do the whole thing with camp and just give his, give his body a chance to recharge and just get ready. Because, I mean, who, who would turn down Rick Nash, you know, halfway through the year? I mean, if he's, sk- if he's skating, like all, like, all during his time away, then if he's still in game shape and he's ready to go, cool. Get him some practices, get him in the lineup.
0: Joe Yurden from The Athletic and The Athletic Buffalo. Joe, thank you very much.
1: You got it, Maddie. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Talk to you soon,
0: man. Thank you. That is Joe Yurdin from The Athletic here on the Beelis Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partners Studios across the NBR Radio Network.
1: I don't know how much.